0: You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon
1: lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure.
0: Well, Welcome to The Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and today I'm joined by a very uncommon guest. His name is Anderson Sansi. He is a servant leader based out of Dubuque, Iowa, with over 10 years of experience in local government. Anderson is a husband, father of four, most importantly, a man of God. It's my privilege to speak with him today. Anderson, thanks for being here. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, welcome, my man. How's it going?
0: It's going great. It's going great. Yeah. Did you have a good fourth uh, of july weekend
1: i did i actually have some family over from uh, huntsville alabama who came up uh, to hang out with us and so just really spending time with family which is important to us and just enjoying a lot of good food how about yourself
0: yeah it was it was pretty low-key so we've got a three-year-old boy and then a one-and-a-half-year-old boy and kind of like the, the morning of my wife is like hey we're gonna go to a parade in urbandale we've got to leave in like 10 minutes. I'm like, all right. Luckily it doesn't take me too long to get, you know, all all dolled up or whatnot. But (laughs) I think just like, you know, cause the streets shut down and it's, it's hot at like 9am. So I think just like getting the kids loaded up, getting there, then walking to the spot. And it's one of those things where like, if I had the choice, we wouldn't have done it. But as a dad, you know, you want to, Say like, all right, it's not about me. Like the kids will really enjoy this, and and they did have a fun time with cousins and watching the the floats go by and seeing like fire trucks. And then it's nice to get some candy, but then they want to like eat it all right <laughs> at like ten a.m. So yeah, it the was, hot the hot heat yeah uh, candy right. and the the most important part
1: that you're not mentioning is I don't want to make my wife upset.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that, yeah, that's a given, right? <laughs> right? What am I gonna say? No. It's like you, right. you have fun with the kids. I'll stay here, <laughs> and then we just uh, had like went over to her brothers and had dinner. So we didn't even actually like see any fireworks. I thought we might see some from where we were at, but it was it was pretty low key. I think I think as our boys get older, we'll we can be more intentional with it and and try to do some fun stuff. So
1: yeah, you got to enjoy it while you can, because as they yeah. get older, as you know this go do their own things with their own friends you know
0: that's true that's true for sure well yeah bios are are cooling on i kind of gave a little little bit of information about your background we'll get more into it but since we're the uncommon podcast what i'd like to do to kick things off really is to ask you what's one uncommon thing about anderson that maybe most people don't know
1: um i think most people um from the outside would not know that English is not my first language. So my mom um, who raised me, my mom, my grandmother, they're they're originally from uh, Haiti. And so uh, they were born in Haiti, although I was born in the US. Um, But in the household at at a young age, uh, the first language that I learned was Creole, uh, which was part of our culture. Um in our bloodline and so that's probably the most thing that people won't know about me until you get to know about me and I tell you about my family history and where I come from.
0: Yeah, very cool. So let me try to brush brush it off. What M- M- Ryan is that? My name is Ryan.
1: No Moyse Ryan.
0: No Moyse. No. Okay.
1: Yeah. No more Yeah. You're trying to speak a little <laughs> French.
0: <laughs> oh, is that like French Creole? Yeah. Okay. So I only know that because we went on a, on a missions trip there, you know, years ago and I downloaded like the Duolingo app because I wanted to be able to have some basic conversations with people, people. And that was like one thing that stuck in my head, but yeah, I guess there are like different variations, different dialects of it.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) Have you been, uh, been to Haiti recently or, or at some point in your life?
1: yeah so i've been to haiti once that was as a, a child um to see on my father's side his family members and in addition to a lot of my mother's family members cousins um they are all in haiti and port-au-prince the capital and so yeah i did get a chance to go to haiti you know experience it and as i got older just to understand the history of just that country itself at one point being the richest country in the world because of slavery and the trades and now to being the the poorest country in the world. Um and so it just puts a lot of things into perspective that I have, you know, bloodline and family that starts way over there. There were fighters, that were warriors. It just it's interesting just to, to dabble into that.
0: Yeah. So when you went as a kid, that would that have been before like the earthquakes?
1: Oh yeah. That was so i'm super old now but that was probably um, in the 90s we went haven't haven't been back ever since
0: yeah yeah when we did our trip there i don't know how many years after the earthquakes that happened there but yeah just to see even like the roads and lack of infrastructure and Uh how hard it was even to travel a couple of miles like how long that would take in a in a truck and um, but, but I will say this like, what stands out the most is just how much joy so, so many of the people had. And like, even on cars, they would have signs that said, like, Jesus is love and like, praise Jesus. And we went to one of the local churches, and I mean, their, their like worship service was like three hours long and they were oh. just praising and, and worshiping. And it was just very eye opening, like the difference in, in culture. And I think even just seeing, like people who, you know, compared to Western culture, have a lot less from a material standpoint, um, but just have like that untouchable joy in Jesus. It just goes to show it's like the things that we often chase after in in, in our lives don't really bring that that joy. So Amen.
1: Amen to that one.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So that's 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 awesome. So from our previous conversation, um, kind of went over our six uncommon pillars and, you know, arguably the most important of which is fervent faith. And, you know, we're, we're unashamed to, to talk about our faith in Christ. And I know you're, you're a man of God and I would love for you to even take some time, if you would, just to share your testimony with, with listeners. Like, how'd you come to know God?
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, I'm originally from Florida grew up in a single family home household predominantly Uh, mom grandmother raising three boys Um, grew up dirt poor there was times there was no food no electricity Um, but at a young age my mom taught me my values about faith family and community Um, and and faith wasn't something that my mom like constantly talked about but it was something that she pushed us out to do uh, because i remember uh, As a child, when we had uh, those leaders who would travel, go door to door um, and knock on the doors and say, hey, can your child or do you guys want to go to church? Like, Although my mom would never go, she would make sure every Sunday we would go um, to church and just those disciples who came and picked us up, that gave us our first um, connection to uh, the Lord, hearing about him going to church camps to experience him. Um, but when I truly made like a full commitment to him um, was as a, an adult, because I think a lot of us, uh, we, we find our ways to connect with him, and then we kind of go do our own thing and try to figure out life. Um, but I just remember you know, as an adult in college specifically, still struggling as a college student, still experiencing poverty, um, and just Attending church, and it was when, and I've heard many sermons as a kid, right, just going through the motions, but at this moment, um, the pastor said the right thing at the right moment that really um, the word uh, marinated in my heart, um, and she just said, the simple words, like, aren't you just tired of being tired, right, and in that moment, you know, I, I was, I was just tired of things that were uh, happening all around me home you know from florida experiencing iowa and it's a point where you just you're just giving up and you said god if you will will take it take the will i'll I'll serve you you know Um, and i just had an authentic encounter with the lord and ever since then i've just been on this journey of just striving to to just get closer to god and be a good disciple Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so cool do you remember back to that moment when that pastor you know whatever the message was in that question of aren't you tired of being tired like what was it about what you understood about the person of Jesus that or, what, or even what was like the the result of of hearing that and and what was it like rest was it peace was it joy that you experienced after making that decision? Was it a, was it a prayer that you even said of just kind of rededicating yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, if, if, uh, and I will send this, uh, audio to her. I still remember the pastor, pastor lot, um, kingdom ministries, uh, church, she was uh, preaching and, you know, as she was saying, aren't you just tired of being tired? She just came up to me um and just laid hands on me and in that moment there was a sense of brokenness that i was just already broken you know probably mentally physically with all the things around me and just spiritually uh, i was broken um and in that moment i just had a a sense of okay i want to do something different in order to do something different i have to just start doing new things um and so after our encounter our encounter um I just made a a decision after talking to my sister who was in Florida actually her name is Serena and she said you know you just got to just disconnect from the old you know all the things that are just you know not not probably according to the will of God and I literally started talking to friends close friends that I would be in the club with and just saying Huh, guys I'm about to take on this new journey and I just I just need time with god i don't know what's going to happen but i just need some real time to just figure out who i am and just figure out life and that wasn't easy because these are people again who are like and they still are today some of my best friends um and at that moment no one understood that journey but today everyone's like man i understand why god did that for you right? right like he had to separate you from all of us in order to truly understand where you're supposed to be and as a result of that you know once you get right you're able to help other people
0: yeah that was actually going to be my next question have some of those friends that initially didn't understand and were still maybe very much in in the world have they come to to know christ as a result of your pursuit
1: yeah i think many of them have their own relationship with christ now Right. And I, I won't say it's, you know, specifically because of me. I just think, you know, uh, everyone has a, a time when when God is calling them uh, and eventually you'll have to pick up. And some people pick up not because they're broken. Some people pick up because like, all right, now it's time. Hmm. Other people, it, it probably will take God to, you know, bang you in the head a little bit and say, all right, I'm trying to catch your attention because you're really heading in the wrong direction. And I need you to go that way to do my will. And so many of them um, have found Christ, and there's still some others who you know eventually and we continue to pray that they'll pick up the phone call because God is calling us every single day that we wake up, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, even after we answer he's he's still calling after us every day, right yeah, I think that that's so cool. It, it just reminds me like you never know who you might influence, whether it's through just a, a conversation or even just a consistent example that you set in your life over time think of like all the work that the apostle paul did in his ministry and then writing the majority of the new testament but it was ananias who answered that call of god to go uh speak to him and and tell him that christ had called him and as a result of ananias's obedience you know that led to paul's ministry and so i just yeah i like to think of that. that that's what your story reminded me of what would you say is one thing God has been teaching you lately?
1: Um, well, I think there's a, there's a lot of things that he's been trying to teach me. Just where I'm at in, in my life, working in local government. Um, um, I'm an elected official here in the community. Um a father, husband. I think he's trying to teach me patience um, because I'm, I'm competitive. And so I, I want to continue to accomplish great things while I have the breath in in my body. Um, So he's trying to teach me patience. He's trying to teach me how to love um, and lead my family first because that's my first ministry. Um, And then how do I do similar things in my job, right? Because I'm responsible of managing people. and So I have to come here and love on them, serve them genuinely and authentically. And also in the community, in the areas where I have influence. How do I, you know, be the leader that God is calling me Um, Because ultimately everything that we do should be to glorify him. So he continues to try to teach me how to just be a a better leader holistically all around.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, patience is a huge part of that. And and just loving people, uh, Christ being a servant leader. Can you tell me what so you talked about family? Like, what does your family look like? Your wife, what's her name? How how many years have you guys been married?
1: Yeah, so Keisha and I have been married uh, since 2012. Um, and so we have uh two sons, two daughters, um, and actually, 2011, I'm gonna get that wrong, but I know it's June 3rd. It's how old i am um two boys two two daughters she um is truly um a proverb story one woman you know it's, it's easy to throw a scripture out and say that right but no she um sure. smart beautiful um she managed uh, our home um, she's a full-time um uh, mother worker uber driver she does it all and you know i wouldn't be where i'm at today honestly without her because the visions that god has given me um i'm able to communicate it to her and there's moments where she can give me her her honest opinion and i I value that so much um because i know if anyone wants the best for me besides god it's it's her because it's going to be a direct benefit to our family um and then our, our beautiful children my oldest is a boy, and it's two girls, and it's our youngest son, who's four. So 13, 11, 9, um, 3, actually, who's going to be 4. Um, just just beautiful children, not perfect. Don't don't strive to be perfect, um, but they they know Christ. They go to a Catholic uh, school right now, so they, they talk about Jesus. They hear about Jesus. Um, we try to model what that looks like in our everyday life, the good and the bad, and leading it back to Christ. Um, and So that's that's our family structure right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, what what parent doesn't want to be able to say, like, even if our kids, you know, aren't perfect in that, yeah, that's not even really the goal. But if they know Christ, it's like, that's the thing that matters the most. And everything else <laughs> will take care of itself, right?
1: it's funny that you say that uh that last part i i remember watching have you ever seen the movie wakanda yeah okay so there's a part yeah black panther (laughs) there's uh there's a part that i really love it's when uh the king is talking to his, his father who passed away and what i took out of that conversation that they had and he was like man you left me like i can't believe you died and he looks at him and he says have i not prepared you for this and he said, a man who doesn't prepare his son for his death has failed him, right? Oh, wow. and, I, and I remember listening to that, and I thought, man, a man who does not prepare his children for eternity has failed them."
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Because that, that is our call to action. That is our responsibility. Um, first, in our, in our own homes, right? We're not telling and teaching our kids about Christ but we're teaching them about everything else, financial literacy, education, get a job or start a business. Like all that means nothing Mm. when you meet, right. That will, that will pass away, but what's going to happen to your soul is something that you really need to make sure you're honed in on.
0: For sure. Yeah. And when you have that foundation of, of faith, then you can actually teach all those other things like finances and and health and relationships through the lens of, of God's word. And it's, Mm -hmm. Like it's untouchable, you know. I'd be curious to know. So you have you have some older kids and some younger kids, and you you touched on kind of you know raising them in the faith. Like what does family discipleship look like for you guys? Because I think I think a temptation we can fall into is like they they we go to church. That's that's gonna be a lot of people. And then I think even for you it'd be like, well, they also go to like a, a Catholic school, so they're hearing it there. The temptation I imagine could be like you know, we're they're good. They're hearing it. Like we don't really need to be that intentional. We don't want to like beat them over the head with the Bible. But it sounds to me like you do practice some type of family discipleship. I'd be curious to know what that looks like.
1: Yeah. So besides uh, just them being in church and um, seeing us in church, serving is is another way that we teach about discipleship. Is when we serve either through community service or. When we were inside the church building. um So, being involved with that, but also just our everyday conversation. So, one of the things that I get to do, um and I have the privilege of doing it every single day, is when I take my son uh, to school. So, he's the oldest, he's gonna be in eighth grade next year. Man, the interactions we have these days uh, sometimes makes you wanna put him, uh, give him a wedgie or put him in a headlock. <laughs> But we're we're able to talk about Christ, and usually it's it's me, um, you know, reflecting on a scripture that I just read or something that I feel in my spirit that I need to, you know, say to him. But sometimes it's also as a parent, just listening, just asking a question like, "Hey, who is Christ? Do you, do you know him?" Um, a few days ago, before um, I was taking him to baseball, I just said, "Hey, do you uh do you know where you would go if you would die today?" And yeah, dad, right? mm-hmm. well, where? Oh, heaven. Well, how do you know? Oh, John 3.16. <laughs> right. And so although his, his response to me these days are, are short, I know that's part of the process. Um, but what I'm hopeful of, besides my prayers for my family, that they would find an, an authentic connection with Christ. It's those seeds that we're planting right now that we may not see it now. Um, but if we continue to allow God to water it, continue to talk about it and allow them to talk with us, you know, they'll, they'll find their way home. They'll find yeah. their way to Christ.
0: Yeah. There's the verse, like raise your child up in the the faith and, and they won't depart from it. That doesn't mean that they won't go through maybe some prodigal son phases of life or have cool. times where they're going through struggles. But I just have to remember as a dad, it's like, God loves my kids infinitely more than I do. And he wants them to be with him more than I do. And so I can, even in my efforts to be uh, an example of Christ, it's just so freeing and it gives me peace to know like, like God's going to give me the wisdom one, but also like he, you know, he holds them and he, you know, he's faithful not to, to lose them in spite of what they go through, through life. And I can reflect on my own life and just think of the times where I was a knucklehead and mm-hmm. you know, going astray and trying to do my own thing, and it makes me appreciate my parents, you know, even more now that I have kids. It's just like, oh man, I put I put them through these these very same things, <laughs>
1: and that's all a part of our testimony, right? Us going through that journey, um, and eventually, uh, because of Christ, we've uh, we've had grace, we have mercy, and we were able to latch onto them, right? Um, and now our our goal is to stay connected to him, um, and I think what we do as parents is just be just human beings, you know, who are constantly striving to to you know reach Christ, um, and we're going to make mistakes. When we make mistakes, own up to it, and allowing our kids to see that too, to say, "Wow, I've seen my dad fall, or I've seen my mom make a mistake." I've seen them praying. I've seen them worshiping. It's not just something they talk about. Mm-hmm. They they were able to see it and experience it for themselves. And eventually, you know, and it's a sad part, but I I do say um, words like this to my children. One day I won't be here, right? That's the reality. You, know, you, you don't want to say it like that, but you, you want to be transparent. One day I won't be here, um, and you have to remember who you are, all right? And what we value. And for us, it's simple. Again, it's faith. It's family, it's community. You know, those are the things that are important to us, and those are the things that I want your children and children to come to to understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our our kids will get to an age where it's not about mom and dad's faith and their relationship with God anymore. It's like it's their time to choose, and no one's gonna force you to go to church anymore, and no one's gonna force you to open the Bible or pray it's like it's got to be a desire that flows from your heart because of your relationship with Christ so I'd be curious to know um so as as men I think even as we talk about family life and just the the roles and responsibilities there I think it's easy for us to kind of get blinders on and even with like good intentions get ultra focused of like life within our home and making sure our marriage is strong, making sure our relationships with our kids are intentional. And then you even kind of throw work in the mix, but we can kind of lose sight as men, I think, of having community in our lives, having those close friends, even as you kind of alluded to earlier. So I'd love to know, like, what does community look like for you, like your friendships, any special interest groups that you're in, what do you do for for recreation? Like, How do you cultivate those relationships
1: Yeah, and so I go back to my values, our family values, faith, family, community, right? Um, And so community to me, um, it's my family, it's my immediate family. Um, It's my my brothers, my sisters, their children. um, That's my community. Um, It's the people that I've been able to build authentic relationship with uh, in the church or just um, and the surrounding community. So many of my friends are um, believers. So that's a, a, a good plus. Um, I have my fraternity brothers that I went to college with, uh, and then a lot of my my mentors and people who I, I look up to, who guide me. Those are my community. Just people who you know they have the best interest for you, um, and they want to see you be successful um, in every area of your life. That are willing to give you um the real when you're outside of your your box uh to me that's that's community the community is intimate uh community happens a lot for us uh over food mm-hmm. we like to bring people over and cook for them and um, have all of our kids in the backyard playing around just laughing about the craziest things mm-hmm. uh, if it's politics if it's sports and many of us although Many of us are Christians. We may not see life the same, right, because of our experience. But we are all unified on mission that we want to see our community that we're currently in, for our children and for um, us, being better, right? Um, and instead of waiting for someone to, you know, build it for us, you know, we are in positions where we can make that happen. Um, for ourselves and others,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's that element of accountability and just people that know you, like seeing your blind spots, and even like you said, having the same the same faith but different perspectives on various issues. And I think, yeah, if if, if the last few years have taught me anything, it's the value of approaching people with curiosity and mm-hmm. being more focused on learning like why they believe what they believe instead of getting my point of view across like it's doctrine it's not it's just like holding holding my convictions firmly but my opinions loosely and mm-hmm. allowing okay. others to challenge those you know mm-hmm. what what do you what's one thing you do for fun on like a regular basis whether it's on your own or just with your for your friends
1: oh man so uh typically every morning i try to get a workout in so i like to to work out um lifting weights been dabbling into running i don't like running although i wrestled i don't like running but i know it's something that's going to stretch me as a leader and so i'm willing to get out my comfort zone Uh, i love pickleball that's a new thing that i've dabbled into um, with some good friends i'm not good um, but it allows me to be mobile Um, i like anything outdoors if it's hiking if it's being in the waters Uh, I was playing basketball. I was playing basketball yesterday with some of uh, our younger students. Um, And man, as you get older, your body just doesn't work the way that it used to. So trying to guard someone who's too, I think he said he was like 210, it just hurt my body. But (laughs) it was the ego. It's like, I'm competitive, and I want to show them that I still got it. And so I, I enjoy anything that allows me to connect with people and have some fun.
0: For sure. Is there anything specific that you and your wife love to do together?
1: Yeah, and so eating uh, we love eating um you know, I think both of us have learned as we've been married that our satisfaction with each other is about uh, making the other one happy. and so I may not like I don't I don't watch much TV shows um I like watching sports though. Um, But if there's a show that she really likes, you know, I'm interested in in doing that um, with her. And like she doesn't like watching sports too much, but she'll do that with me. And so it's really about being um, connected to the other person. We like going on dates. That's something that we, you know, she's been banging on my head a lot more. Hey, let's just go out and just hang out with each other. So if it's bowling, bowling. Um, she on my birthday she took both of us uh canoeing that was the first time we went canoeing, so that was that was freaking fun right there, yeah, um, how did that go? oh my goodness uh it it was fun, but I wasn't prepared for it, so we went early in the morning, and so this was on my birthday, so she had a whole date plan wow um, and it was it was beautiful on my birthday. I woke up five o'clock in the morning and I went to go work out and I wanted to push myself. I'm getting a year older. Um, I just want to see how far I can push. So I'm doing sprints like a hundred miles per hour, and that was the best decision ever. Because afterwards, she's like, "All right, shower." I got a plan for us, and so she takes me canoeing. And so I didn't hydrate myself. I didn't put you know much you know food in my body. And so we're on a lake by ourselves, right, paddling together. And if you ever been canoeing your legs are stuck in one position and we're both in the same canoe. And I'm like, I can't move my legs because if I move, I might tip both of us over. I don't have water. I'm dehydrated. And so I think next time uh, I will make sure that I'm hydrated, but we were able to just be on the waters looking at the insects and birds. And it sounds crazy, but just, wow, God created all this. That's literally what our conversation was about and there's moments where when it's just her and I we can just have deep spiritual conversations asking ourselves who are we hmm. how did god create us what do we believe what do we value where do we want to be in the next year those moments like that when we're able to be uh, intimate spiritually um it's kind of like trying to be unified with god and project what we believe is god is calling us to do for the next year Two or three years from now and, and then eventually the cool part is for a lot of those things that we're able to speak together on we're able to see it come into fruition through god and that's when we're like able to sit back again and just be mind-blowing like man we were just talking about x y and z that must have been god because there was no way we could have done that on our mm-hmm. own and so those moments right there when we're able to get intimate spiritually um man god guide is and you know this guide is truly amazing for us Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i love that just the idea of doing something you haven't done before and doing it together like a new experience that spontaneity the there's a being out in nature where you're just unplugged i mean i'm sure you guys like had your phones obviously for emergencies but you're not like sitting at a dinner table just scrolling it's like you're in a canoe and you're Mm -hmm. you know you're thirsty and you're hungry but uh, those things kind of strip those comforts away and then you're able to really just take in the world around you. And that leads to those, those deep kind of God spurred on conversations. And then, like you said, you can see fruit come from that for a time to come. Which super cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. Nice. Well, I'd love to, to shift and talk about uh, your work. And another one of our pillars is worthwhile work. So just pursuing passion in our profession. I know that you serve as the director Of Office of Shared Prosperity and Neighborhood Support. Is that correct? Correct. So yeah, I'd love for you even just to kind of give us an overview of the work you do, um, how it aligns with your passions.
1: Yeah. And so um, a a few things you and I were talking about previously. So my role um, as the director of the Office of Shared Prosperity and Neighborhood Support is to address poverty from a systemic level. And so it's focused on um improving the quality of life for people Um, that could be economics that could be their political influence and power um to ensure that people are thriving holistically so there's eight determinants that uh shows why people are experiencing poverty it's uh, lack of money lack of education um, transportation maybe they can't get to work they don't have good access to health care um, racism is, is something that is is called out. And when you think about poverty for many people, a lot of us are one mistake away from experiencing poverty. Right. Mm-hmm. We lose our job. Then what happens? Right. If you don't have a family or, or a system so, to support you, um, you could be in a, in a horrible place. And imagine you passing that on to your children and their children. Um, and so for many uh, communities, particularly black and brown communities, um and, and poor people rural areas they they are experiencing poverty at a high level and so if you remember previously I said you know I come from a poor background my mom's from the poorest country in the world and, and it's amazing um I've been in government 12 years I've worked in economic development sustainability I managed the trash and now I'm responsible for working with the entire community to address poverty so started off in poverty now God brought me back to poverty, uh, and it's part of my ministry. Right, and so it's it's super exciting to be involved with that. Um, and when I'm not at work in, in government, um, I'm involved. My wife and I, in our own capacities, in areas where we're passionate about, um, and trying to make those organizations um, better for the clients that they are designed to serve.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. That on paper, that. Sounds like such a challenging and overwhelming job, but a very noble role. What are some ways that you've seen just the gospel of Christ like, bring hope into this challenge that I'm sure can just seem insurmountable at times?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that the hope first is with me when I first accepted the job. Because prior to me accepting the job, I was reading the book of Nehemiah. And you and I talked about this. When you think about Nehemiah's role, um, let's just say he was working in government. He was working for the city manager, but he had a heart for the people and he wanted to go back to his community and help it grow and thrive because economics um, was not happening. And so the infrastructure there was broke and also the people were broke in those areas. And so uh, the fact that, you know, God allowed me to read that story and again, continue to give me the heart for people to go out and serve them. And when you think about, you know, the, the story, everyone had it, had what they needed in order to thrive. It was already in them, right? And all Nehemiah had to do besides call people out in a way that says, hey, we can't take advantage of God's people. He had people link up with one another and say, hey, you had the hammer, you had the nail, let's all lock arms and we can rebuild our communities right? And I think those are the things that I I can help in in our community is by just understanding people. Hey, what are you good at, right? What is your passion? What do you see as a, a big challenge? And we try to collect a lot of data. And when we understand some of the systemic problems, like the root issues, we're able to address it, right? So if people have you know, they do everything's possible, but they can't get a, an interview for a job. So, all right, well, let's go to that employer and, and talk about that. And we're in no position to tell the business, like, hey, you will do this or else, you know? But through authentic relationships with the people that we have, we can give them perspective to say, hey, you're having issues hiring people? or well, here's a variety of people who are saying they're having challenges actually getting inside your doors. What can we do differently? That's how we change the system, right? getting real voices, bringing data, bringing people together, say, what can we do different to ensure that everyone, doesn't matter your race, your gender, whatever, everyone should have the basic needs in order to thrive in this community.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love that emphasis of just the reality that everybody has inherent dignity. Like everybody's been created in the image of God, whether they have put their faith in Christ or not. And so even this idea of like, Yes, we need programs and systems to you know, streamline things and, and empower people, but it all comes down, what it sounds like you're saying is it all comes back to relationship and being willing yeah. to get to know somebody. And it reminds me when we first started our church, it's in a, a lower income neighborhood and we did these things called action walks. And this is actually how I met my wife, which is just a crazy story we don't have time to get into, but we were just going door to door and trying to meet our neighbors. And we were just like, there's a park like right across the street. So we would just talk to people and we didn't approach them saying like, Hey, we're with this church. Like we would love for you to come on a Sunday. It's like, okay, like how many people are going to just take a invitation from a random person? Probably not a lot. So the questions that they had us ask were after asking their name was, We're just trying to get to know people in the neighborhood, and I would love to know, like, what is what is like something you're really good at that immediately is just like you have inherent dignity and value. What is it? And people love to, most people love to talk about themselves, and that question took a lot of people, caught them off guard. It was like, oh wow, like, what am I good at? Oh, I'm actually a really good cook. I'm like, these are the foods that I love to make, and people would just go on and on and then the follow up question was uh like what are your dreams like what are you doing with that skill what what would you if you could wave a magic wand what how would you turn that into a reality would it be to start a business would it be to just keep doing it as a hobby would it be to start a program for youth in the in the area and just those two questions i think just gave people like self worth and then showed that you were genuinely curious about them. And then you're like forming pretty quick rapport with them. And then you can, I think, get into those bigger things like, okay, like, what do you think about God? <laughs> like, where does mm-hmm. God come into the mix mm-hmm. of this? And like, we do have a church and we do have a class that could help you. Would you be interested in that? But I think starting on that baseline of like, let's just like get to know each other and, and, and know, like, regardless of our background, you know, you have things that you bring to the table that I don't have and vice versa. And and everybody has something to offer to the collective.
1: And that's, that's beautiful. You said that. And two things that come to mind right away. The First one's a quote, people want to know that you care before they care what you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that should be an ongoing question. We ask people, what are you good at? You know, and, and what's your passion? Um, because many people no one has ever tapped them on the shoulder to even be curious. And specifically, I was talking to some college students yesterday, and I was like, all right, you're a junior now. What's next? What are you passionate about? What do you want to do? And they just sat there. And they're like, and I don't know. Hmm. I'm like, well, you're going to college. You, you need to figure out what's next. And they said, and Anderson, no one has ever sat down with us to, to ask us that question. Right. Yeah. And so we should constantly ask people those questions, because, again, everyone has a, a talent and a gift. Um, given to them by god to do something for his glory you know
0: right yeah and that's not to dismiss the reality that there are a lot of people because of poverty i'm sure it's like they're just trying to like make it to tomorrow right mm-hmm. so to ask them what their dreams are they're like hey that's great and all but i'm just trying to figure out how i'm gonna pay like rent for next month um how do you as, as you think about some of the people that you work with like what do you think it would look like to ask them that type of question? Do you feel like most people would be receptive to it or would they kind of, you know, shirk away from it or?
1: No, I think most people will be receptive. And I think because a few things, number one, relationships, it goes back to relationships um, and knowing people. Um, and I find joy before getting down to, to business, um, getting to know people for who they are. And again i just showed that i care about them before it seems as if i have an agenda and everyone has an agenda right um so when you come off as authentic it's easier for people to let their guards down a little bit it's okay here's someone who really cares and that's a branding thing and when people hear about you and they uh get connected with you they're like okay not only is he talking to me, but I've heard about him and he's he's really trying to make the world a better place or our community a better place. And it, and it's not me that's doing it. It's really trying to empower people to, to be a part of a solution. Because mm-hmm. again, everyone has a piece of the puzzle. And right now in my puzzle, in my head, it's like, okay, I'm missing a lot of pieces and you're one of them. So that's my agenda. I need to figure out how to put you in this puzzle to make things work. But in order to do that, I have to build real relationship with you. Because if I don't, then you're going to be so far away disconnected.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's an element of helping people see like, I I want to get to know you because I do think there's a way that I can help you. But also I believe you have a lot to offer other people that need different types of help. And I think when you frame it that way, that's just empowering. It's like, okay, he's this person is not just like coming in, you know, as the savior and, and mm-hmm. trying to fix my problems, they're they're trying to help me, but they also see something in me that maybe I didn't see myself. And you know, I love the idea of like maybe I could help somebody. Maybe maybe I could take these skills that have been lying dormant or I've just been kind of keeping them to myself and I can share them with, with others. So
1: I, I remember uh I used to always have this response. It was like a common response when people say, Hey Anderson, how's it going today? my common response oh another day is just trying to save the world right and i just mm-hmm. always laughed right eventually someone had this response to me anderson isn't that why jesus christ died on the cross <laughs> and i was like oh wow he's right like i gotta but sometimes you just go through the motions yeah and i was like i'm going through the motions response and i was like I, sh- I shouldn't say that no more because yeah he's right christ has already saved the world and all I'm doing right now is going around watering plants or planting some seeds, right? Just doing my part. And so that's, that's important for all of us to to, to do our part, to make, you know, the world a better place.
0: Yeah. Just another day trying to showcase the, the real savior, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as we uh, kind of come to a close, I do want to talk about vision. Um, something you've, we've even kind of just touched on through this conversation, but as we think of creating victorious vision in our lives personally and in the work that we do. But I think even in regards to our family vision and our marriage uh, vision for our children and future generations, I'd love to know, like, what are some things that, that you and your wife do uh, to cultivate that vision? What are some things that, that you do, whether it's, you know, journaling or whatever it looks like of just what is the, the legacy you're trying to create and like that kingdom impact that we want to have?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful question. Um, you know, a few things that we do throughout the year. Um, we get together and we talk about what we want to accomplish as a family, um, what we want to accomplish as individuals and what we want to see for our children. Because, again, it just goes back to our, our values, state family and community. Right. And we write it down write it down you know on our phones or tablets. Um, and then we constantly try to figure out ways to talk about it and we you know take time to see okay, are we reaching those goals or not? Uh, for us, a lot of the things that are important to us, where we're at in life now, um, we want a stronger marriage. We think that's um, so important. you can't allow your marriage to be stagnant as we constantly want to grow in our careers like that should be if not more um the same energy for your marriage right like how do you make sure you're constantly growing you're constantly meeting each other's needs serving each other uh, what does that look like for our children as they continue to get older um, how we used to communicate with them it's not how we communicate with them now because they're they're getting older um and so you just got to figure out what does communication look like what does coaching look like you know again we're their first ministry here and so we got to figure that out and then personally in our careers we're, we're both um just competitive and we want to continue to just be where god wants us to be where for us uh, we can have influence and power to, to make things actually happen And so you see money is not part of that situation we know that's going to be a result of success but we just want to be able to have influence and power to really make sure that the community we're living are thriving Um, and hopefully you know it's thriving churches thriving schools communities those are the things that we're truly just passionate about we speak to life
0: yeah i love the even just that family meeting that you guys have. Is that did you say is that like you do that once a year or how frequently do you guys no
1: we try to do that multiple. So you know, like a lot of people, you know, when the new year's coming, you know, we sit down and yeah. say, okay, what do we want to accomplish? Right? So you actually write it down. Um, but then we, we actually follow up on, on that. You know, we we actually talk about those things and you know throughout the years like, hey, let's look back over our goals. Are we closer to it? Um or, or not? Um and a lot of those things are tangible things that um, some of it, we have direct control over, like we can actually do that. And there's some things where it's like, that's going to be a God thing. So we're going to we're gonna pray about it. And I'll, I'll give you a real good example. You know, a few years ago, I think two years ago, my wife and I just randomly before the pandemic, uh, we woke up and we both had this desire of wanting to have a new house. Kids were getting bigger and it's like, man, I really want a new house. And I'm one to say that i would call myself uh conservative but well, my wife would say cheap i just think conservative sounds better <laughs> and i don't ball. like smooth. yeah <laughs> cool, good, good store with god's fruit, money yeah, it's good yeah.
0: steward.
1: <laughs> but we both woke up with that desire and we were walking uh together and we wrote it down and then we went from talking about it to writing it down to praying about it um, to walking about it, talking about it, praying about it, to like starting to like visit neighborhoods, right? So it's like putting action, don't just pray about it, go out and do something about it. Um, and then we started going through neighborhoods, and it went from man, these are beautiful houses to like, man, why can't we afford these houses? To like, all right, God, we want to see you do it. Like, if it's a if it's according to your will, we're not going to doubt it, we're going to pray about it, right? And we're going to you know, just put all of our eggs in it and see what happens. And long story short, we were able to get a house. Um, but so I think that's important. It's not just writing things down and talking about it. Are there specific things that you can actually do and, and write steps to achieve that? And some of those things, you may not can do nothing about it without God. And so you got to make sure that, well, all of it is not without God you just got to make some of those extraordinary things that you want to see happen. It's like, all right, God, what do you want me to do? Like, cause you're pouring this in, in my heart. I feel like this is for me. So if it's not, let me know. But mm-hmm. if it is like, tell me what I need to do so I can be proactive and not just wait for it to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those like faith stretching prayers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if this is going to happen. God's going to come big and come through in a big way. And like, he's going to get all the glory. And um, yeah, I love, I love the, uh, being unified with your wife in that Uh, because i'm sure that just brings you guys closer
1: (laughs) oh yeah and that's 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 important before you can i can unify anyone in this community or try to build any bridges if it's not happening in my household first i'm not going to be effective if i don't have a strong household i'm not going to be effective anywhere else everything first for us it's my ministry versus at home when i'm effective there i can be effective anywhere
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Last question I have for you right. on this topic of, of victorious vision. One of the exercises we've done with men in our community is even having them write their own eulogy as like a way to visualize the end of their lives and that legacy that they want to leave. Um, I'm not going to have you do that right now, of course, but as you kind of think of, of this and and kind of flash forward to the end of your life with hopefully the many more years ahead that God gives you, how do you want to be remembered by your your friends and loved ones, like your wife and kids? like what values do you want to be attached to you and like what's that legacy that you hope to leave behind?
1: Yeah, and so I actually had um the sad pleasure of attending a funeral yesterday of one of our principals who was young and passed away, so as I walked through and saw his physical body there, there was no life in him. And so it was just a reminder to me that life is short. It was a reminder that Christ is real. Um, And it was a reminder to count your blessings You know, every single day that you have breath. I think, uh, you know, when it's all said and done for me, uh, my legacy would be some of the values that we've been talking about. You know, he was a man of faith. He was a family man and he was a servant leader for his community um that is what i want people to remember me as you know um and, and of course centered in all of that is he was a christian he was a christian man he was a christian husband he was a christian serving the community um and that's that's all he cared about
0: mm-hmm. yeah well, uh, yeah i'm sorry for your loss um, of him and you know praise god that he he knew him and it's like funerals are are obviously s- sobering and, and sad but there can be a celebration when we have that assurance of of where that person is spending eternity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any closing thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners before we sign off today?
1: Well, I, I hope who's ever listening, if they're not already liking and subscribing to, you know, the podcast that they do it, you know, I hope that a lot of the events that you guys are trying to do with men, um, and just community and help people just get connected in a stronger way or however that they can with you guys and i, I just appreciate the opportunity um to not only uh, to answer your questions but also get to know you and hopefully our past you know continue to stay connected
0: yeah yeah that's my my hope as well get you on one of our uh events at some of the that's at awesome. some point but uh yeah i want to want to thank anderson for speaking with me today. It's definitely been a pleasure getting to know you more and, and finding out more about your story and, and journey just as a man. And so you've been listening to The Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, encouraging you like like Anderson did just to take action on what you've heard and learned, create your uncommon life, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.